is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open, as they always are here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Matt. And Bonnie. So we've got big news, at least for those who have been following closely the NH Exit story. NH Exit being one of the myriad of websites that has been promoting the idea of New Hampshire independence here in uh, the Shire. Uh, the idea of let's put something to the vote. Let's get a constitutional amendment. Uh, in front of the people, because in New Hampshire, we do not have what's called a ballot uh, measure, which a lot of states have where you can, uh, like California has this, Florida has it, you can collect a certain number of signatures, for instance, and then uh, it's usually, you know, in those states, it's usually hundreds of thousands or whatever. I don't, again, we don't even have it here in New Hampshire. Here, everything that gets on the ballot has to go through the state legislature. And so... The idea that we came up with, we being uh, some of the hosts of the show, Ari and I were involved in this process. Bonnie, I believe, was on uh, some of the meetings as well with a couple of state representatives who were willing to kind of put their careers on the line, essentially, to put this idea forward. The idea of New Hampshire declaring independence peaceably, peaceable independence from the United States. That was what the proposal was uh, that became... And I don't even know if you call it a bill, if it's a constitutional amendment, but for, for short terms, uh, a bill in front of the state house, CACR 32, a historic bill that for the first time, maybe in all of the United States history, I, it's, no one has yet called in to say that this has been done even in the southern states, uh, even during civil the Civil War times. And even that... Uh Democrat, or I think it was a Democrat today, said this has never been done. We've never had this discussion. No oh, state has ever had this discussion. Was that the Democrat? I thought or that it was might have Brody, been Brody Deshaies. Deshaies. Yeah. So, and he's oh, wrong about a lot. Yeah, he's wrong about a lot. <laughs> so it's hard to take what he says uh, at face value. But, he spoke a lot today, but he won't debate Alu. It's like if you're not passionate enough about it to debate Alu, it's because Alu would destroy him. Yeah. It would be amazing to watch that happen. <laughs> uh, by the way, it's Ian here tonight. And Matt. And Bonnie. So this got started last year. It was during the summertime. Dave Ridley, RidleyReport.com, had called into the show and was bemoaning that uh, that bills cost $2,000 a piece to put forward. Now, we still don't know where Dave got that number from. I don't think he even knows where that number came from. And Dave, of course, for lo- listeners who, you know, if you're a longtime listener, you know Dave is a, a super activist. I mean, he's a, he's one of the most consistent, probably longest running. He's one of the earliest movers for the Free State Project, which is he's a, the reason I live here. Yeah, libertarian migration here to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. He's the man. And uh, if you if you want to have somebody with energy on your team, you want to have Dave Ridley. That guy, absolutely, a, he's a doer. That's he's great. He's creative. He's funny, um, and he's just amazing. So he said he wants to move forward with doing something to uh, to leave the union, but. He's worried about the $2,000 that it costs to hear a bill. At I know the where house. he got the number. It was some guy, and I'm not going to remember who because I didn't know who he was, debated him in the past mm-hmm. and called him out saying, uh, you're a hypocrite because you're a libertarian, but you put forward bills and it costs the 
the people $2,000 every time you put put up a bill. And that just stuck with him. So I don't know if he really double-checked and knows that it cost yeah, $2,000, I, but that guy accused him of being a hypocrite. I'm skeptical of that uh, just simply because it only costs so much to have that house, the uh, state house, heated. And the bureaucrats that work there are on salary. They don't get called in for an hourly pay job right. if, if they have to come in for an extra half hour or whatever. Um, so I, I question the idea that it's $2,000, but I guess what you could do is take the full budget of the state house and divide it by the number of bills that come up every year and kind of throw that number out. I don't know. Okay. That's, that's but would it change it. if a new bill went in and, or didn't go in? I don't really know. Very small. Those, the amount would be very small because there's literally almost 1,000 bills every year right. that these people hear. So I, 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 I question his numbers, but that said, wanted to get Dave Ridley on, wanted to get him excited about it. So Ari and I said, we'll do it. We'll 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 kick in the two thousand dollars and we'll we'll give it back to the taxpayers somehow. We hadn't figured out how at that point. We thought we were just going to hand out twenty dollar bills on the street or something like that. But <laughs> what we ended up doing was giving away uh, gold backs. We gave five uh, gold backs to each person that came to the hearing that I think all three of us attended. The three hour yep. long hearing at the state house. This uh, amazing hearing where only one person from the public. Uh, from the average people of New Hampshire, came out to speak against this. Otherwise, it was all people speaking in favor of independence. There was like so, 70 people in the room. So yeah, Arya stood there with a, a stack of fives, which is... That was incredible. Like that, was such bold. that was so bold. Yeah, I mean, it's way better than a single gold back. That's, you know, a great, single yeah. gold back is great, yep. but a five gold back is five times as, as great, and huh. so we handed It's like 20 bucks. It's- exactly. 20 bucks worth uh, of gold backs. So uh, we did that, and then we still had some more. I, we weren't able to give away all 2,000 at that particular event so i gave out some more singles at the libertarian party convention and then subsequently the uh, what they call porcupine day which is a free state project event so it went it went to the activists you know it went to the people who come out and and do things but we did what we promised we were going to do we spent that two thousand dollars and gave it back to the people of of new hampshire high five ian yeah so that part got done that was the easy part uh the hard part of course is getting a bill a brand new bill one that not only has not been seen before in New Hampshire, but has never been seen before ostensibly in the entire United States. And if you know for sure that something like this happened in a southern state prior to the Civil War, I want to know about it. Obviously, there was some sort of political thing that happened there uh, to have those states declare independence. But I don't I don't know if it was actually a vote of the people. It might have just been the those state representatives saying we're declaring independence right like i'm not even though i'm from the south i don't i'm not intimately well familiar you don't with get that. taught stuff like no. that in school i never got taught about the fact that we had the right to secede in our constitution right. even though I, I went to texas uh middle school history texas yeah I was, history. I was probably 19 before i ever heard anything other than that the cause of the civil war was slavery hmm yeah, that's the official government line, and I don't want to rehash the the Civil War. Obviously, it was a war to keep the Union together. That's what it was really all about. And oh, there was and, so much uh, Abraham Lincoln worship in there today. Oh, there was My so least much favorite person. There was so much U.S. nationalism uh, going on in the in this room. And I've I've got the audio because uh, well, I got the video as well from what happened today. I was there with a the video camera. Today was the day um, for listeners that maybe not may not have been following this closely that this bill. This CACR 32, this constitutional amendment, that if it were passed, would go on the ballot in November and the people would be able to vote on peaceable independence from the United States. It failed today. 
ultimately that's that's what the big news is it went down as one website puts it in flames in depth nh.org gloating about what happened here and it did go down pretty uh pretty hard i mean there's no doubt about it it's not the point though i right (laughs) what is the point The, the point is somebody said the words you know we want to break up with you. <laughs> you know, somebody actually aired that complaint in a, in a legislature in the United States. Right. And in this case, it was actually 13 somebodies. It's great. 13 people voted uh, to pass this bill. And not all of them were sponsors of the bill. Seven people were sponsors. So that's six others who joined those sponsors. I presume all the sponsors. I didn't double check the list of voters versus the list of sponsors, but eyeballing it, it looked like all the sponsors signed on to this. Uh so this is pretty. I was hoping for twenty. Bonnie thought it was going to be sixty. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I just I expect more people not to be NPCs. I guess I just forgot. No, these people are even the free staters. Uh, a lot of the free staters, the lo- so-called liberty reps, too afraid. Well, they, one of them told me today, no, it's not a vote just to get the people to uh, get to vote on the ballot. It's also my opinion, and I don't think that we should secede because they'll bomb us. And wow. that she must have just not read it. Because, I think Brody got to her. Yeah, that's true. Might have scared people. I mean, he went up there and was threatening people today, basically. I've we'll, got the we'll audio. See what happens? We can play it here. Uh, the I'm not going to call it much of a debate, but you know, different sides got to got to speak, and we'll get into that here. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty plus. Can you repair relationships that have gone bad due to political differences? Plus, Duck Duck Go has gone woke. We'll get into it coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here if you want to join the show. We're talking about uh, New Hampshire Independence, which had its big vote today in front of the State House, the full State House, 400 seats. Not all 400 were there, of course. That's very unusual that all 400 will be present. I think there are around 360 people at one point in the day. And we'll uh, continue the discussion because I've got the audio here tonight. Joining you, it's Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. Bitcoin.com is a great source for learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can go to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page and start learning about the world of cryptocurrency. It is uh, easy. It's easy to do it, uh, but you just have to take the time to start learning. And there's some basic concepts you need to get down like decentralization and blockchain technology. And it sounds daunting, but it's actually pretty simple to get the basics down go to bitcoin.com and click get started to do that they've got videos there that'll come up uh, there's the first one's i think three minutes long so you don't have to invest a ton of time to get down some of the basics over at bitcoin.com plus they got the latest news headlines at news.bitcoin.com if we get a chance maybe we'll talk about the biden administration order that came out yesterday regarding cryptocurrency that might be worth discussing. i didn't get to hear it well, again, maybe we'll get into it coming up here. But to me, the, I mean, we can talk about that anytime. It's not really like pressing. To me, this uh, is pretty timely news, what we're talking about right now. And that is the fact that New Hampshire's state representatives voted today 300, I believe, 323 to 13, if I recall correctly. Something like that. So uh, a pretty big knockdown of uh, new hampshire exit the cacr 32 this historic bill that uh, we've been promoting here on free talk live we were involved in the construction of the bill and helping figure out the wording uh, it was uh, 
State Representatives Matt Santanastasso and Mike Silvia. Two of them are both both of those two are free staters. They're people that uh, that love liberty and that moved here, that migrated as part of the Free State Project. And uh, that's, again, something that we're we're big fans of here on Free Talk Live. The speeches they gave today, probably have, nothing like that has ever been said in, in those chambers. Like Matt Santanastasso saying the federal government today worships the dollar and its export is inflation. Yeah, it was nailed it. It was pretty great. Of course, the other side had their speeches, too. I've got all of that audio here, but just kind of recapping what happened. So these guys basically, you know, it's hard for politicians to be anything but cowards. They are even the even the free staters, even the so-called liberty reps. And that's a shame because but that's just the way it is. And so many of them are so concerned for what other people are going to think. There was more than one of these uh, Liberty reps that explained to me that they were concerned about getting reelected. What are the people going to think? Oh, I'm here to I'm here to do the people's business. I'm, I'm here to represent the people. I'm not here for my own reasons or whatever, said one of them. And I'm sorry, which is exactly why they should have voted for it. It's total B. That's a total BS line. Sure. And it's a total excuse. It's it's cowardice. And here's why. Because. His excuse was that, oh, well, no no one from my constituency contacted me to support the bill. So as long as so we're supposed to believe that as long as people would have called him, he said he'd got some calls from some of the activists. But, but they don't count. But no, they don't count. He wants to hear from the you know, the people, right? Okay. And he claims that he's he's doing the people's business and he's being the representative. And he's not going to do, you know, he's not there for his own thing. Really? Well, what if some communists called you up? If four communists called you up? Because it didn't sound like it would take a whole lot, <laughs> right. right? Just some sort of indicator that some people wanted. So if communists called you up and said they wanted to put a commie bill forward, they want you to be the sponsor of it, would you tell them, well, sure thing. I'm just here to do the people's Here to business. represent. What a load. Mm-hmm. I don't believe for a moment Chicken. that that guy would have done that. Yeah, he's afraid. And he's not the only one. And um, the lady that was saying, oh, you know, I can't vote for this, even though she's supposedly like an A-plus liberty rep, Mm -hmm. um, she told me, this is just fodder that the Democrats are going to use to smear campaign us. It's like, okay, you can't make yourself look good without the retarded Democrats who can't get any type of smear campaign right anyways. Uh, to actually stick, you and know. Now that you say that, I don't see how they they can't see how that's a good thing. Mm. After getting smeared by the Dems, every yeah, getting smeared by the Dems in New Hampshire is a great thing. It makes it it draws attention. Mm-hmm. That's a good marketing ploy, if anything. The the Democrats in this in this state write hit pieces relentlessly, constantly mm. about especially the Free State Project. Um, and when they do that, it sounds like. A marketing piece that you couldn't pay a marketing firm to, to write. write for you. Yeah. It's beautiful and eloquent and acidic <laughs> and uh, all the well, way around fantastic. So I say let them let them let them run with it. It's possible they're right though. It's possible that the people who are so afraid to vote for this, who in their heart of hearts might agree with it. They they understand the federal government is evil. They understand the, the federal government is taxing us to death, is regulating us to death, is destroying innocent life all the way around the world. They know all these things, but they're just afraid of what the voters are going to think. And it, it could be that they're right. I mean, I'll acknowledge that. There may be such a nationalist fervor 
in New Hampshire amongst the people that maybe they will go down. Maybe these 13 people who voted for this are all going to lose their election on this one issue I'm sure that's coming up in, uh, in this year. So, you know, we don't have a long time between when they did this vote and when the election happens. It's 10 months away or uh, nine months, less than that. Eight months. But it's at just this like, point. what, do they need 100 bucks that bad? Well, I mean, they're going to argue that they can do a lot of good in that position, and this one issue just isn't that important to them. And then, and there's no doubt these are reps who have overall overall have voted for more freedom on on most issues. I'm not going to take that away from them, but it's just a shame to have them not even be willing to let the people vote. Because you you pointed this out, Bonnie. This isn't a vote on secession. This is a vote on whether or not the people should be allowed to have their say. And I do understand that a lot of people are dense and they won't get that, right? A lot of the state reps, I don't think, understood that. Mm -hmm. So it's not hard to extrapolate from that that average folks might not just, they'll just see this, oh, well, someone's not voted to secede. No, that's not what happened. The 13 people today did not vote to secede. They may support secession, but they voted to say, you know what? I'm not the gatekeeper here, which, by the way, a couple of Democrats described themselves as gatekeepers today when I was trying to hand them flyers as they were walking in as to why they're anti-democratic on this, as to why they won't let the people vote. They literally use the term gatekeeper. Wow. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's no video of, of that particular interaction, but it, it absolutely happened. And so, the, but the Republicans weren't any different. They just didn't use that word when uh, one of them was talking to me, uh, one of them, a state rep jess edwards who's like a former military guy yeah uh he actually had come out to the hearing he was the state rep one of the state reps that spoke against it at the hearing he's a liberty guy but he's kind of a republican yep. liberty guy yep and and his excuse you know was that well first of all he doesn't support it and that you know i pointed out well you're just voting for letting the people vote he says yeah but everything has to go through us first we're the first line it has to we have to agree with it and so he believes he's a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. He believes that the state reps are the ones who should make these decisions first. And if then the state reps agree with it, then they'll let the people decide on it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. But what could it hurt? What what would it hurt to let the people vote on this? It would only hurt in their minds in the theory that they might lose the next election on this issue. And I guess we'll see about that, whether or not these guys, these 13 people, Uh, Go down in flames this November. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Talk live. Phones are open. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. T and Matt and Bonnie in the studio here tonight. Had to get up pretty damn early this morning. Uh, way earlier than I like to, but you know what? We somebody had to do it. Somebody had to be there when these state reps were walking in the door, uh, which for them was around 7 30 this morning so bonnie and i were up at like five this morning Yuck. and don't uh, forget mr penguin 
Mr. Penguin did make it there as well uh, pretty early on. Uh, but we actually were out there in the cold. They d- weren't allowing the average folks in until 8 o'clock. This, by the way, was the first day back for the full state house in the state house chamber where all 400 of them can can be seated since COVID. So this was kind of a big day for them. A lot of the Democrats were deathly afraid, supposedly, of coming back. And they actually required... In order for them to agree to come back, which I don't know why they even, I don't know why the Republicans even agreed to this. I wouldn't have. Uh, I, 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 it's crazy. But anyway, they installed plexiglass, not between every seat. They installed plexiglass between the Republican section and the Democrat Are section. You kidding which, me? by no. the way, it didn't even go all the way down because there's more Republicans than Democrats, so it only went like halfway down. So half right. of the it didn't make any sense, and the it was four feet tall. Democrats, like the P, I say it all the time. If anybody follows my Facebook, state of, statism is an absolute disease. It's absolutely dangerous, no matter what kind it is. It's insanely dangerous. But the left historically are liars. The that's oh my god! How it's hard to see it, but you can see it down there. The there isn't a like there isn't eight inches separating some of those people, and there's a plexiglass wall. That's no more right. than three feet tall. Like their heads are above it in some parts. And we all know that we all know that the masks don't do anything to stop transmission. But yet, you've got Democrats. I don't know, 160 of them or whatever the the number is, 150 Democrats sitting there, right next to one another. All of almost all of them wearing masks. I counted uh, at They're one liars. point. They're just dishonest people. There were only three Democrats that I could see that did not have a mask on their face in this entire. Area and the Republicans, it was like reverse. There were only like three Republicans that had masks on, so that was kind of the uh, the mask fear rundown there in that room. There was this man that basically couldn't talk. He had a bandana around his mouth, and then one of those really tight ones that kind of like go in and out when you breathe. On top of that, oh wow! And I was asking him, "Can you can I take this?" He was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, it's like, "Wow, you're making yourself uh, disabled just to feel safe from a cold." Yeah. So, and by the way, the 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 polling numbers, which we talked about, there was the Biden polling firm that came out with a notice last week or a couple of weeks ago telling Democrats, hey, lay off on this fear stuff. Lay off on the restrictions. Take the LRW. Take the win. You guys, you did this. You defeated, you know, COVID or at least you, you gave people the quote unquote tools to fight it. You guys won. Take the win. Stop coming up with new restrictions. Stop talking about restrictions. It's not polling well. People are tired of this, and yet here are the Democrats in the state of New Hampshire acting <laughs> completely afraid. They're behind uh, with the you know total virtue signaling. So, they didn't have any Ukraine flags on them. That's I'm the surprised. current issue. Yeah. They, they need to re- they need to get with the current issue. Yeah, I thought for that. sure there'd be Ukraine flags up there in the Democrat side. No, but so we were there as they were coming into the building, handing out flyers, and then finally, once we were able to go into the building, we focused in on just the doors to the. The chamber, the house chamber, the reps hall, as it's called. And I think we were able to hit most of them with flyers, but there was no real point in doing it. It was just to to have some sort of a show for them. Like, hey, there's people here supporting this. Um, Obviously, I don't think anyone's mind was changed in that last minute. That's how politicians tend to be, is they usually have made their mind up. And if they're listening to you, they're just pretending, you know, to, uh, to pay attention. I think a lot of them don't. But it's hard to it's hard to say one way or the other. A lot of the Democrats refused to take it from me. 
uh, there was a point at which, because the Republicans were in there first today to have their what they call caucus, which is like a fancy term for a political meeting uh, with one political party. And then so after they were done with their caucus, then the Democrats came in from wherever it was they were. And so all the Dems came in all at once. And I had like a line of Dems coming through and I'm trying to hand them this flyer. And I would say maybe one out of ten would take the the flyer from me. And wow. I, I got much better numbers than that. Maybe it's because I'm just super cute. You are, and some of them might know who I am, and they. You know, I did get a couple of uh, nasty words from from some of them, uh, but anyway. So the uh, NH exit bill went down today, three hundred and twenty three to thirteen, and I do have the speeches from the floor of the house. And I, I would you guys do you want to hear that? Absolutely. All right. So here's this is the uh, the very beginning of the hearing from today. Tablecock thirty two. Yes. That's how that guy, his name is... A roll call has been requested. That is sufficiently seconded. Well, you should hear how he pronounces Santa Nastasso. (laughs) Okay, so what's happening here is this guy, Al Baldessaro, he's the top, one of the top Republicans. He was the guy... Members will take their seats. This will be a roll call vote. He he was the guy who uh, was the chairman of the committee that heard this bill. Right. Claims he supports the idea, but there's no plan, so he's got to go against it. That right. was his supposed excuse uh, for going against this. But not only did he go against it, he wanted to table this bill. And what that means in political parlance is that they would not even vote on it. So to table the bill is to say, we're worried about what uh, the constituents might think if, we've, if any of our people vote for this. And so we're going to try to protect them. By motioning to table the bill, that way we don't actually have to vote on the bill. So the idea is they just put the bill on the quote-unquote table, and they never do anything else with it, and it dies at the end of the the full To table something means to put it into the garbage can forever. Yeah, basically. So that's what they they started by voting on this tabling request. House will come to order. The motion before us is the tabling motion on CACR 32. The chair recognizes Santo Notasto for a (laughs) parliamentary inquiry. His name is Matt Santo Notasto, but if you can read it, you can say it. What do you expect from these oldsters? This guy's probably like 70. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. If I know that is a long-standing American value that government requires the consent of the governed. And if I know that no New Hampshire citizen alive today gave their consent to be governed by this federal government, and if I know this bill will give New Hampshire citizens the historic opportunity to affirm their consent, then, I, then would I press the red button so another motion can be made? This is this – one of the things I took away from today, having – not spent this much time in one of these hearings before. I mean, I've, I've been in and out of the, the the full state house just to like zoom in on one bill or something like that. In this case, we had to wait through the entire day's hearings, which thankfully didn't take the whole day. But it was what this was like almost the last bill that they heard, basically. So we were in there for a while hearing a lot of the stuff. And it's it's a really weird religion that these people have. So they have to talk in a very certain manner and and you could hear him doing that there and so he has to say it in a question form right he has to state things that are not questions in a form of a question in order for it to be allowed in 
That's what they call a parliamentary inquiry because he's supposedly asking the chairman of the uh, the state house these questions. Now the chairman doesn't answer the questions. He's just there to make these statements. But if he doesn't say them by saying "if I know." Before he says the thing, then he'll be ruled out of order and be told he can't speak. And it's just this weird, you know, stupid set of rules that they uh, that they follow. Another thing I noticed that they do is whenever they call for like a certain type of vote, like a roll call vote, which is where every one of them is on the record. There'll be someone who will step out. If you're outside of the room at the time, you'll hear this. Like if you go out to use the bathroom or something, they they somebody comes out into the hall, one of the state reps, and they bellow, roll call. It's like this really just silly, whole ridiculous process that these people go through. But can you believe that was said in the state uh, represent state house today? Um, most people or nobody live today gave consent to be governed by this federal system. That's true. I He's, love that. He said it. And Good job, man. There's more coming up here. You can also join us at 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join the show. You don't have to talk about New Hampshire independence or session in general. Although, if there's something happening in your area and we don't know about it, we'd love to hear about that. The number is 603-283-6160. Texas, California, those are two of the other big areas where there are some significant independence movements. And New Hampshire's is honestly just getting the ball rolling. I mean, there have been, for years, advocates of independence. Uh, For instance, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence, I believe, was founded somewhere around 2012. So it's been around for about 10 years now at this point. But there has never been until this session, this House session, uh, state representatives who are willing to actually put their, you know, potential reelection on the line and move forward with this idea. It's never happened until now. And so... We don't have the 100,000 supporters that they have in Texas or more. I don't know. They, I'm, I'm sure they claim more than that. But there's a lot of people that support independence. They're like, you know, on an email list or or whatever in Texas. Of course, there's 29 million people living in Texas. So, you know, only uh, 10,000 might have the same effect here in, in Keene if we could get to that point. We're not to that point yet. Uh, there's a petition over at NHExit.us that has 100 you know, 115 signatures on it. And we've been, we've been moving forward with this particular piece of legislation since basically September of last year. It's gotten very little media coverage. I mean, some letters to the editor have been written. The Keen Sentinel, to their credit, did write a couple front page uh, news stories about it because one of the state reps who's involved is from around here. His name is Matt Santanastaso. And that's Matt who- Santo, Stan not so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the chair of the, uh, the committee or... And- Speaking of him putting his career on the line, I will seriously knock on doors for him again. I live close enough to Mm -hmm. this time. I have experience doing it. And this time I'll be able to shut down anybody's arguments if they say, oh, didn't he vote to do an insurrection? Then I'll be able to be like, no, actually what happened? You know. Yeah, that'll be interesting, too, because then you'll actually know if anyone even brings that up. Hmm. Oh, no, I'm not going to vote for him again because blah, blah, blah. NHX it. Right. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, so we got more here from the hearing today on uh, the bill that unfortunately did not even come close to passing because there's a bunch of cowards in politics and that's something that is going to be hard to change. But uh, regardless, whenever you put something forward for the first time, you can pretty much expect it's going to fail. 
whatever the issue is, you can pretty much count on it's not going to happen because these guys are a bunch of old people. I mean, they're probably 90% elderly in this room. They're just not with the, the you know the same issues that that we are. They don't have the same value systems that they we do. They just want to vote on retirement related things. And they love the they they love America. They have fully bought into this nationalist concept and they're going to defend it till they die. The odds that any of these people are going to have their minds changed is very very slim. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought the way that the Democrats spoke against this today was so weird maybe because it might be a New Hampshire Democrat type of thing to do. How nationalist his speech was. He was like, my grandpa fought oh, yeah. in the Civil War or Civil War, and we we love America, and this is a spitting in the face of the we're soldiers. I was like, it. this is Democrats? It's kind of crazy. The Maybe Democrats a- were the ones who were applauding all of the nationalist points in the room. It was a really weird situation where even though the Republicans voted against the bill, they didn't have the same effusive uh, fervor against it and we'll, we'll get some more of the audio here so what's happening right now in this uh this audio is they're trying to table the bill and that means that there should be no discussion whatsoever there can't be arguments for the bill basically and all they can do is what's called a parliamentary inquiry where they are asking a question of the speaker of the house that ultimately is really a series of statements just rephrased as a question so here's more from uh, from that hearing Okay, so Matt Santanastasio. Chair finished. recognizes Representative Beldesaro for a parliamentary inquiry. Mr. Speaker, if I know that the representative from Weir did a great job in breaking this down on the reasons why this should not go to the voters, and Mr. Speaker, no, he didn't. The representative he's referring to, he'll be speaking later on uh, today, and he'll trot out. Uh, all of the you know ridiculous objections that they have trying to claim that it's treason and that you could be prosecuted and that it's unconstitutional all of those points were batted down aptly batted down in the hearing that happened in january that we all attended by like every 50 speakers or something yeah and this guy sat through it Yep. Right. So, you know, he's this guy that's speaking yeah, sat through it. Yeah. He sat through all he of those. He not only statements. sat through it, he moderated. He was the head the head honcho right. on the scene. Yep. So he purportedly he paid attention, but he didn't learn anything, apparently. What I know, and if you all knew, that there were no rules whatsoever what would happen to your retirement, police, military, uh what funding. I tell you about retirement. Oh yeah. And then, you know, talking about the cops, the they firemen. Want, they want their free money and their, their socialism. Uh, this guy's a Republican. Bases, no rules whatsoever on this, and there's nothing in the Constitution. Then, would I speak on behalf of all, and let's just vote this table and move on. Thank you. Right. He's a Republican. He calls himself a liberty guy. The motion before us is a tabling motion on CACR 32. This is a roll call vote. So what happens? If you're in favor, you'll press the green button. If you're opposed, you'll press the red button. Voting stations are open for 30 seconds. So what happens in this case with a roll call? Normally votes are just all in favor, aye, all opposed, nay, and then you know the ayes have it or whatever. And I don't even know how they can possibly choose which one won. Most of the time it just sounds exactly the same. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just political, right? So the people who are in charge, the guy in charge gets to decide, oh, yeah, yeah it sounded louder cool. to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even have, like, all his hearing but the, left. But on this one, they, they actually use the buttons. 
Yes. So that's the difference. This is what they call a roll call vote where they are uh, going to be on the record. Because when it's all just, oh, or nay, you don't know who said I and you don't know who said nay, you have no idea. Uh, there's no actual record of that. But now there's going to be a record of who is voting on this tabling thing. And, and interestingly, it was the Democrats who demanded the roll call vote on this because they want to put the pressure on the Republicans and, and potentially use this against them. In the, They wanted names. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I wanted the names too. So in this case, I'm on the side of the Democrats on this one because the Republicans just want this thing to go away. That's what he's trying to do by tabling this. It's like, okay, let's just vote to table and just move on. It either shows that they don't want the people to make any decisions and they want to make all the uh, people's decisions for them or that maybe some people will take it as they voted for secession. So they just want to not have to deal with it at all. They can't abstain, right? Uh, I believe if they are in the room, they are supposed to vote. Hmm. I don't know what happens to you if you don't. Former Mr. President had an opportunity to vote. House will attend to the state of the vote. So then they do have a computer system. It's all done by buttons in their chairs. 162 voting yay, 170 voting nay. Yay. The motion to table fails. By eight votes. Wow. Now the final vote on this issue was only 13 voted in favor of it. But those 13 votes was enough to make the difference up between this thing passing and failing. So the fact that we had the support that we did, even though it wasn't a whole lot of support, all the Democrats probably voted against the tabling measure. And again, the Democrats aren't the majority in the room. So all the table needs is just a majority to, to pass. So the Democrats couldn't have done that on their own. But because there were thirteen, at least 13 Republicans who voted with those Democrats, the tabling measure failed. And so that what that means is that now this bill cannot be tabled. They can't go this little end run around having this discussion. Now it's open for discussion. Now the different sides have to get up and speak and try to make their arguments about this bill. And so that's what this, interesting gameplay. Yeah, that's what this gets. So that's, you know, it's not a win, quote unquote, but we didn't lose everything. I think right? that those speeches that you're about to play being in the state house today are absolutely a win. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Um, it, it, this is going to be some good footage once I'm done with it. I've got I had my camera there as well. So the, to the state's credit, believe it or not. One of the good things that came out of COVID, I don't give the state credit for much, but one of the good things that came out of COVID is they wired up the state house and the state legislative office building for video and audio. Now, it's a bit of a mess when it comes to the YouTube uh, downloads because I downloaded this video and the audio track was off by like an hour. So oh my the, God. the video is there, but the audio is somewhere else. It was really somehow confusing. it's still an improvement. Uh, but it's an improvement because at least it's there. And, <laughs> and previously, there was nothing except for just like an audio feed that came from the full state house. And of the hearing rooms, there's, there was nothing before. Now, every single hearing, actually, there's video footage of. You can watch it live. So there was you know at least 100 people watching this thing live from their, from their homes uh, today. So that's oh. a good thing. I didn't realize there's people watching it live. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're streaming on YouTube, which is pretty cool. As Carla Garrick says... Another reason this is a win, even if even though it didn't pass, is it moves the Overton window. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people discussing, discussing secession in the House. They have to give us something closer to that to, to you know. That's right. And it's going to be an issue this fall because we're going to make sure to get these candidates and get them on the record. Right. We're coming up.
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. Phones are open here, and you can join us. You can whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, can relationships be repaired after political disagreements that have broken people apart? We started just barely scratching the surface of the story last night, and I, I said, you know what, Bonnie, we should, we should keep this going. So I want to I get into that, but we're still playing some of the audio from today, from the historic first ever full vote of the State House of New Hampshire on the question of should the people be allowed to vote on secession? Not the question of should we secede, but the question of should it go onto the ballot? 323 of the state representatives said, nope. People should not be able to vote on this. And 13 We're of them, the gatekeepers. Yes, 13 of them said, yep, we should let the people vote. And that's what, that's what happened today. But we're playing some of the statements, uh, some of the speeches from the floor of the House, just because, as you pointed out, Bonnie, some of this stuff was, was pretty historic today. This whole day was a, was a historic day. And may it be the beginning of a movement that snowballs into something unstoppable. That would be nice. Oh, I think that's already begun. I hope so. I mean, ultimately, it really does depend on what the people of New Hampshire think. And and we don't know. Like, we haven't done any polling. And maybe that's something that we should do next. Maybe we should commission a real polling company to start asking the people of New Hampshire questions about this. Well, I this. just meant not just in the terms of secession, but in terms of people moving here. Today, I talked to a porcupine real estate agent who told oh, yeah. me... Oh my God, last year was so difficult because it was the biggest year I've ever had. There were more people than houses I had to sell them. Yep. Yeah, lots of people move in here because of the Free State Project. We talked about the Free State Project a lot uh, last night when Mark called into the show. So if you missed that discussion, you can go to freetalklive.com. Download archives of the program there. We're going to continue with more of the NH exit hearing that happened today. But first, we go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Sarah. Um. So... There's an American astronaut um, in the orbit, and so they're part of a Russian satellite system, I think, and um, they're uh, planning to leave them behind. What? So we have to. Yes, uh, I guess I guess that they had a space system from Russia, so he was a part of the group, but they they're planning to leave him behind, I guess, because wow they that the U.S. supplied the Ukrainians with missiles and um, 
so um so that's their way of getting like payback so i think we have to they have to we have to send a capsule to uh bring him back down on our own like a backup wow so that's the latest yeah there is a but, there's a headline about this uh, as of 5 hours ago so I don't know if that's what's actually going to happen, but that is the the threat, I guess, at this uh, at this time. If this ends up being the thing that makes the American people say, "Yeah, we're going to war," I'm going to be so annoyed. It seems like it could. Yeah, but, time to call know, it the Space Force. Hmm. Yeah, but but you know what? Did you see all those Russian um, the tanks that were going into Kiev? Um, they had a the Ukrainians had enough artillery to blow up several of the Russian tanks. And I think a couple of their generals were killed from the way that it looks. And, and You don't know how it looks, Sarah. There's no way to tell who blew up what, whether the video footage is real, whether any of the information coming out of Ukraine or Russia is in any way um, you know, verifiable or true. There's just no way to know. Something one of um, my most questioning besties noticed was that if you go on snapchat you can pull up the world map and you can click on any country and just see random people's stories that they made live for their area it's really cool and they closed off ukraine so you can't see the average person snaps anymore in ukraine on snapchat but you can see certain things and one of the one of the yeah one of the things that happened this week was uh, apparently back in 2014, Oliver Stone made a, a documentary, great documentary right? about Ukraine. What's it called? Ukraine, Ukraine on Fire? Ukraine on Fire, yeah. Was, I watched about three quarters of it so oh, far. Really? really engaging. Uh, I Is just, it really long? It's not very long. Okay. It's typical okay. documentary length. It's totally watchable. It's not It's not overdone or anything. He nice. did a great job on it. And he does all of the interviewing himself in it, and it, it's absolutely fantastic documentary. Apparently, that's been canceled. When you say canceled, um, my understanding is YouTube has uh, banned it. Yes. So, and, so like the, the various internet outlets are stifling but you, it, your ability to watch that. It is on Odyssey. It is on Odyssey. Yep, so, That's where I was watching it anyway. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, Ukraine on Fire. Ukraine on Stone. Fire. Totally worth watching. Thanks, Sarah, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. If they don't want you to see it, you really have to wonder why that yeah, is. Yeah. Why don't you want me to see that? And that's really crazy that they would bo- uh, they would block Ukraine from Snapchat. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so cool because like I noticed that you could do that during the fall because I was like, I wonder what if uh, I accidentally did it. And then I was like, oh, I want to see what the uh, fall leaves look like in Maine. And it'll be like random people who just posted pictures of the fall leaves, uh, you know, just mm. things they do in their yeah. everyday lives. It could be them making a sandwich in their kitchen just because they uh, decided to make it. Uh, live and you can click on any country and it's really fun to do but but. snapchat thinks that no you should only be able to see what's happening through the eyes of the mainstream media Mm -hmm. in ukraine huh right crazy Mm -hmm. the uh, the number if you want to join the show here again thanks sarah for the call 603-283-6160 we go back to the floor of the state house and i I gotta say i like what matthew alistair in our youtube chat here is saying because i titled the show tonight whenever we start the show on the video streams uh, and YouTube's one of them. I title it, you know, whatever we're going to start talking about, or at some point what we plan to talk about. And so I put in NH exit fail, and he says not NH exit fail, NH exit roadblock, <laughs> which is a much more positive way of True. looking at things. This is just the beginning, and certainly 
when more people move here, as you're referring to, Bonnie, with the the realtors here, the freedom-loving realtors that are just overwhelmed with numbers of, of migrants, people coming in here from all across the United States, all around the world, libertarian, anarchist, voluntarist-minded people coming in here, every one of those people has a circle of influence. Every one of those people gets involved, hopefully, in whatever things they're interested in, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, playing baseball or a sewing uh, club or going to church or, you know, volunteering at the local food kitchen, whatever it is that those people do when they get to New Hampshire to get involved in the community, those are people that are going to make friendships. Those are people that are going to be able to influence people. And already the people of New Hampshire are very independent-minded people. They already have this sort of granite state of mind, if you will, this this live free or die, leave me alone kind of mentality. And I don't know what the average person thinks, but Bonnie, you and I have been to some events and we've sp- uh, spoken to people who aren't libertarian. They're definitely more kind of right wing types because those happen to be the events we've we've attended recently. And we've done outreach for New Hampshire independence at these events. and It's been very well received. If somebody uh, doesn't automatically say, oh, yeah, I, I support independence when we talk to them about it at these events, and it's usually right-wingers, like you said, yeah. they just need to be, they need a little talking to, and they get convinced, and then they start being really open to it. Yeah. I think I think it's got a, a bright possibility for actually happening at some point. I think it'll be interesting to actually do some polls, but let's get back into the audio from... The floor of the state house, where a bill to allow people to vote on independence was actually heard today, and they tried to table it. They failed to table this thing, which means the discussion and the actual vote on it had to happen. So this is the first guy they bring up to discuss. We're back to the initial motion of inexpedient to legislate. Chair recognizes Representative Tim Smith. Let me explain the the terminology of the cult here. Inexpedient to legislate means to kill the bill. That's the terminology they use. It's confusing sounding, but that's what they do. Speak for the committee report. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. So this is the the first time I've come up to the microphone this session. And those of you who've been here for a few terms realize that I'm someone who comes up to the microphone a lot. Um, So I I hope that you'll appreciate the gravity that it took to, to get me down here today. Um, Normally, I prepare remarks, but not this time. I tried a dozen times to write a speech for this, but I I just couldn't do it. It's too personal for too many of us here in the room. It's too personal for me. He literally says coming up that he is nearly to tears over the fact that this particular piece of legislation exists. That people might be able to get to make their own choice. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll play more of this uh, nationalist scum on the way here, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about independence uh, for not just New Hampshire, but anywhere that wants it. I think that whether it's New Hampshire or Texas or California that does this thing first, someone is going to go. And I think it is going to happen before the complete failure of the United States. Because even though we are in the final days of the empire, they could stretch this thing out for quite sure. a while. Uh, you know, Even in Venezuela, where the people have been hungry for years and there's been, they've been on the cusp of a revolution, it still hasn't happened there. 
Uh, so they, they've got their tricks up their sleeve here in the U.S. And the best thing we can do is, as uh, Matt Santanastasso puts it, one of the state reps in this video, is get out in front of it. Let's let's try to avoid the destruction of this uh, this situation that the the U.S. government is in that just keeps getting worse with trillions, thirty trillion dollars now in national debt, and that's going to be what forty by the end of the year or something yeah. like that. I mean, it, it just keeps going up and it just keeps going up faster. They just keep running the printers like crazy. Oh yeah. And they're not going to slow that down. I know you wanted to talk about inflation tonight. If we get the chance, we'll uh, we'll do that. But I am uh, playing some of the audio from today. We were on the uh, we were at the state house, Bonnie and I, and some other great activists who came out today to show support for the the brave thirteen state representatives who dared to actually vote to allow the people to vote on the question of peaceful secession. That's what happened today. Three hundred twenty three voted against it. And so this is the statement made by one of the status, one of the nationalists on the floor of the state house. He's a representative named Tim Smith. I'd never heard of him before, but it's true of most of these reps. There's 400 of them. I'm a direct descendant of Captain John Smith, who fought alongside George Washington. That guy. There's a picture. He's to 22. establish the United States as an independent nation. I'm also a direct descendant of Sergeant Garrett Preston Smith, who fought in the U.S. Civil War to keep the United States one nation undivided. A lot of folks in this room have similar stories from... Matt's rolling his eyes already. It's just, he's just getting started. (laughs) ...from their own families, have similar lineages that they look back upon. And even if you don't, we have a communal heritage here in New Hampshire with a unique place in American history. I, it was I just hated that term so much when he said that I was just like yelling to Ollie, like what does that even mean? I've never heard the term we have a communal heritage. No we don't. Well that's something a Democrat would say. And that is some something a Democrat was saying. It's literally uh just so weird to say. I think I hit the wrong button so I'm not sure where we're at here. Let me uh, check this. That liberated the Confederate capital city of Richmond, Virginia. Whatever he is said. Downstairs on the first floor of this building. New Hampshire liberated the Confederate capital and worked to it, when Jefferson Davis and his little cohort ran fleeing with their tails between their legs. They were running from New Hampshire soldiers and I am proud of that le- heritage and legacy. That we all carry with us here in this chamber. And every day... People died. Therefore, we must continue the union. I am proud that... I'm pretty sure that's not how that went either. I I mean, even if it is how it went, I'm proud that my ancestors bullied some other people when they wanted to make a decision for themselves. Right, when they wanted to secede from the union. Yep. Right. That we carry on as an elected official in this state. And all of this, this transcends party, this transcends ideology. We are Americans, and we are from New Hampshire. I'm not an American. Fast forward. You know, that's, that's you know, Doug, Doug Stanhope said in a, in a famous stand-up bit, bit that he did one time that he's no more an American than he is an Aries or an uncle. An Aries. He just showed up, and that's what you called him. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, Mexicans are also Americans. That's uh, or Canadians. Yep. Forward a few more decades. You know, when I first got elected in 2012, there were three things. This asked- guy, does, he just touches on all the statist, all the nationalist uh, notes here, though, in this in this Jingo, speech, sure. jingo, yeah. jingoism. Yeah. Absolutely never thought that I would vote on during my tenure in the New Hampshire House. 
I like articles this part. of impeachment, and we came close a couple of years ago. We had a bill called, a, it was a bill of address. It was the first step in an impeachment proceeding. So there was number one. Number two was formal disciplinary actions against members of the House. Unfortunately, we had that a couple of years ago. So that was number two. And here we are with number three, articles of secession. Well, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to even talk about this without breaking down. I mean, I apologize. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This was my favorite part of his speech where, you know, he's, he's so shocked that this could even happen. He didn't think that in his entire career, and he's a multi-term rep, as he mentioned earlier, that this could ever happen. And, and that's thanks did. to the free state pro- or the free state movement. Indeed, and the Democrats hate the free staters. They hate them. They hate them. I'm uh, proud of that. They are freaking out over the free. We read one of their uh, breathless, uh, ridiculous articles, their hit pieces. They are writing about us regularly now. We read They're one of so them last awesome. night. This guy sounds convinced of his own diatribe, though. Sure, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Either that, or he's a he's just a liar. They're true believers. And he's a great actor. No, these guys are true believers in the state. This is a church. And this is what they were raised to believe, and yeah. this is what they still believe. And Mike Sylvia and Matt Santanastasso and the other guys uh, that vote that uh, put this bill forward, the heroic ladies. Uh, there's one lady that voted for it as well. The other guys that voted for it. These guys are the heretics in this church, and they want to burn them at the stake. I'm guys, sure. for my composure, Mr. Speaker, I am close to tears right now because this is such a deeply personal issue. You know. We have this legislation in front of us. It is a bill to destroy the United States. No, it no, is it's not. not. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I wanted to scream in the in the. Oh yeah. In the meeting today, and they weren't letting us clap no, or anything. So. The, the rule is you cannot show emotion in the gallery, or they'll kick you out. Oh, Are you serious? Goodness. Yeah. He'll say it, not this guy, but the the Speaker of the House. But what but were you going to say about breaking up the United States? It's so ridiculous to think that one state can't leave without destroying the United States. The I mean, uh, New Hampshire could leave and the United States could go on. They would just have 49 states. It's not that big of a deal. Or is he admitting that the United States, the union, is so fragile that if one state is to leave, that that is the end? Everyone else might leave. It spells disaster (laughs) for the entire thing. And maybe that is the case. And we are a donor state, so maybe it is kind of disastrous for the federal government if we leave. Good point. I mean, New Hampshire is a pretty small, pretty small state. Hey, donor is a donor. Yeah, that's true. They can always print more money. That's true. We stand in the shadow, literally, of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. Yeah, my least favorite people. <laughs> Tyrants. And I we are considering Abraham. legislation to take a star off of that flag. Every single one of us stood for the Pledge of Allegiance and National Anthem this morning. Oh, Under duress. my God. Probably most of them. I, I hope not every one of them did, but I, I know, bet they did. I thought did. the same thing. I was we like, were... even the Democrats stood for the... Whatever. Why wouldn't they? They all are true believers in the United States, whatever they, they disagree on as issues. And that's the point he's making. And he's right about it. The supermajority of the people in that room are total status. They, through and through, believe in the union and they will never change their minds. And a lot of them are just brainwashed victims. Sure. That's mm-hmm. what they know. It's all they know. And the, but, uh, but you're never going to be able to unbrainwash them. These, a lot of these guys are in their 60s and their 70s and they're going to die with this, uh, this belief this guy. system. He's pretty young. I'm going to say he's probably 50, 50-ish. We'll continue here with this total statist statement here during the discussion on the floor of the New Hampshire State House of the New Hampshire Exit Amendment, the proposed constitutional amendment 
and we'll continue. Your calls and thoughts are also welcome. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. Fork Fest takes place the week after Pork Fest, but Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. Join the program. Just dial in here at 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. Getting that number, 603-283-6160. We're playing for you some audio from the State House floor today where the historic piece of legislation, the constitutional amendment known as CACR 32, the NH exit, the peaceful secession amendment that would allow, if it were passed, and it didn't, uh, but if it were passed, it would have gone on the ballot as a question for the people to answer. Whether the people of New Hampshire support peaceful independence from the United States. Uh, it didn't even uh, make it uh, with 20 votes. It, hit, it got 13 votes in favor of it. Out of uh, 360 some people that were in attendance today, I think it was 366. I was hoping to see it 60 people. That's what I was thinking. And then when I saw 13 go up, I was like, whoa. 60 would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get back into that coming up here. First, Jack is on the line in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jack. Okay. I'm a big fan. I listen a lot, as you guys may know. But I'm a devil's advocate here. So. If you uh, secede from the United States government, what about your mail, your trash, your electricity, your water? And mankind is corrupt. Individual people are corrupt. So yes, that's, well, let's slow down. You've brought up like five or six things right there. Um, all right. Mankind is corrupt, which is exactly why we don't need them in positions of power. Yeah, if they're all serving their own in- interests, uh, chaotic order ensues and it is a way better system than a few corrupt people controlling everyone else. Yeah, so the more power individuals have, the worse they tend to behave. And so getting out of the union would reduce the amount of power. Still, the state reps would still have power. Then they'd be you know, national reps at that point. Um, and so that's a problem. But at least here, we know where they live, and there are 400 of them, so they're, it's a much more representative body than the U.S. federal government. Uh, but what you said, uh, what was it that you said uh, in the beginning there about trash, trash pickup? The federal government doesn't do yeah. that. Who's famous for trash running the trash back in the day? The mob. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with the federal government. Um, Here in Keene... Power given to individual things, as small as picking up trash. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, there is no government trash pickup. Yeah, I've never heard of a federal trash pickup. Well, I think the the deal was when when the mob was running trash, I think it was because there were politicians giving permits to do so only to certain families. Mm. And those politicians were paid off by the mafia guys to issued those permits was that in new york yeah okay it was in a lot of places yeah, yeah we don't even have city trash pickup dude dude well give it 20 years of freedom in new hampshire and you have a corrupt dude running the trash the mail the electricity why would that be the case uh, we have can, no city trash pickup why would they all of a sudden create city 20, trash pickup years the huh People are the corrupt ones. So the individual. You know, New Hampshire has been around for a couple hundred years now, right? Yeah, yeah, if he knows anything about competition, it just Bonnie, destroys like what he's saying. Two years old, Bonnie. It is tough to listen to you. Huh? He said, I'm 22. Bonnie, I'm not. I'm 25. Right, well, goodbye then. The number here is 603 I think the concerns he has are the concerns a lot of people have, but they don't really make any sense. They're illogical concerns. I am not 22 years old. I'm 47. Neither am I. And I've been around the block. 20, whatever. <laughs> whatever, Bonnie. Just sit there and be 22. <laughs> so, but uh, but the fact of the matter is competition is stifled. The reason the, the mob covered, the, the reason the mob controlled garbage in New York City and other places in the 70s and 80s and so forth, and probably still today, is because they were paying off politicians to give them permits. It was a restricted market. Permits. It was a restricted market. Yeah. That's not a free market. Same thing with cabbies. So where they have cabbies. a, a restricted and, number of cabs. Correct. And and another way to look at it, there was a man named Lysander Spooner, which a lot of libertarians probably know that name. He was a guy who lived in northern Massachusetts back in the uh, mid-1800s, and he started a company to handle mail called the American right. Le- American uh, Letter Mail Company. And they told him, you can't do that. And they told him he couldn't do that. We're going to outlaw but, that. And you know what? When he was doing it, he was doing it better, better. faster, more reliable, cheaper. and cheaper than the government was yeah. doing it. And they put him out of business. Yep. Well, And what we have here in, in Keene is competition among trash companies. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any reason why that would ever change. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You can start one yourself. You can move to Keene and grab a pickup truck and you drive totally around can. and pick up people. There's no it. permit. No, there's no yeah, permit. That's a great point. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. We're going to continue... Um, uh, with more from this total nationalist state representative speaking, saying he's going to cry. He's almost in tears <laughs> over the fact that there's actually a proposed amendment to allow the people to vote on their political futures and possibly leave the United States. So let me continue here. I think his name was Tim Smith. Morning. Every single one of us took the same oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And we have legislation now seeking to destroy the Constitution of the United States. Again, I think you made this point earlier, Bonnie. This does not touch the Constitution of the United States. And as Lysander Spooner once said, the Constitution, whether it be one thing or another, is either allowed the government we currently have or has been powerless to prevent it. Either way, it is unfit to exist. So if it could be destroyed, it probably should be destroyed. Oh, yeah. I would vote for it not to be that destroyed. That's the, if not that, that that's the, the goal or the outcome that would occur from this whole thing no. anyway. This mm-hmm. is simply a question on should the people of New Hampshire be able to vote on secession. That does not destroy the Constitution. It's ridiculous. It simply uses the Constitution of New Hampshire, which has in it... Very clear provisions about the right to revolution, where if government's gone too far, you have the right to reform or abolish it. And that is the you know our ticket out of this thing. And as was pointed out later on in some of the other speeches, 
in this in this particular day, the U.S. Constitution does not prohibit the peaceful leaving of the Union. There's a list of things. I think it's Article 1, Section 10, if I recall correctly. There's a list of prohibitions of things states cannot do under the U.S. Constitution. Guess what's not in there? Leaving. That's right. It's not there. <laughs> Which means that under our, under the uh, the 10th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, that right is reserved to the states. And the state has that right. The state, the state has called out res- the reservation of that right through this right of revolt. And, you know, I'm always thinking because Brody Deshaies loves to say... That's a state rep who's pro-union. Uh, yeah, he always loves to say only the federal government has the power to redraw uh, lines. The boundaries, yeah. The boundaries. And I always think it's ridiculous because, I mean, we could still say we left and then they can redraw the boundaries. Yeah, you know, Brody, <laughs> I think that guy's full of it, too, because oh, yeah. when, when I heard him speak he's in January, tool. he's a tool, if there ever was a tool. Yeah. Mm. Like, I see that guy's looking for a job in the CIA, if I ever saw a guy mm-hmm. looking for a job in the CIA. But uh, what he said was that he consulted many constitutional scholars, right. both here in America and abroad. I'm like, why would you be consulting constitutional scholars <laughs> abroad? Well, Bonnie looked into one of the ones that he The mentioned. only one he named. Which and what did what? you learn? Uh, he wrote a book on the fact that he believes that the Second Amendment doesn't actually give citizens the right to bear arms. So Brody Brody Deshays, a Republican, a Republican, who sounds like a swamp monster if there ever was, and he's mm-hmm. the kid's only like twenty three years old. Yeah. He too, is right? literally twenty three years yeah. old, not just like twenty three. <laughs> he he is a he talks like a longtime politician, like he was bred for politics. Yeah. He's, uh, His daddy's he, a politician. Is he, yeah, mm-hmm. he sounds like a dirtbag, like a bad, the worst kind of politician. But the fact is, he his constitutional expert doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. And so he's a Republican. You could just throw this guy right, right out the, the window. Yeah. Uh, going on. That is beyond shameful. It is beyond disgraceful. And it is a stain on the proud history of the state that we even have to entertain this being introduced Ooh. through the administrative process. Never mind... You know, getting far enough along to have a vote on the floor of the House. Ha ha, but you do have to entertain it because here in New Hampshire, every single bill gets a hearing. This guy is in, crying, isn't In he the evil? state house. Oh boy, is he whining. Too bad, bro. It was really close to the textbook definition under Title 18 of the U.S. Code. It was really close to the definition of advocating overthrow of the U.S. government. When <laughs> no, the it's not. It's not even close to that. We would have to be, there would have to be some kind of language in there <laughs> saying, and then we're going to overthrow the United States right. government and make the United States government not exist anymore. But that's not that's the case. Not, it's just, no. we don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, anyone who actually read the bill, which is like two sentences. None of them probably did. No. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever you want. You can take control of the airwaves here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're sharing with you some audio from the state house floor of the ridiculous arguments that the statists were making today in regards to why the people of New Hampshire should not be allowed to make a decision for themselves. Should not be allowed to decide whether or not to continue in the relationship with the abusive relationship 
with the federal government gang to peacefully say goodbye. That's the proposal that was on the, the table today. Uh, 323 votes uh, f- were against that proposal, and 13 were in favor of letting the people decide. And so that's what we're playing here is audio from uh, one of the state reps who took the floor to pander to the flag, pander to the military, pander to saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I have no idea what that beep was. Uh, but pan- to pander to those things uh, today and uh, you know try to whip the the state reps into continuing the union. And so we're going to continue with what he had to say on the floor. His name's Tim Smith. CR was introduced. When co-sponsors signed on, it was really close to seditious conspiracy. <laughs> A vote for this is really close to the federal definition of treason. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> oh, I heard booing. The house will be... So booing got captured. Maybe it was us. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did boo at least a lot. on one occasion. You know, he's got the facial hair and he's kind of bulky. He looks like a, he looks kind of a man's man, but I don't I don't see him wearing his ovaries on the outside at yeah. all. He seems kind of pussy. And it's yeah, weird because he's a Democrat. I just thought it was so shocking that the way he's talking and he, the way he looks. Even I agree. In order. Oh, that's loud. Sorry. All right. Does a member yield to questions? Member does not yield. Nope, won't take a question. The chair recognizes Santa Nastasso against the committee report. Santa Nastasso. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the United States is not going to outlast the sun. One day it will end. If you declared in 1985 that the Soviet Union would be completely gone in the next decade, you would be considered a crazy person. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, this is uh, a speech by one of the sponsors. So Matt Santanastasso was one of the sponsors. The original sponsor, right? Uh, no, Mike Sylvia was the, the main sponsor, but Matt was definitely like the first state rep that really kind of took a, a serious interest in this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to have somebody with more experience be the main sponsor because it's his first term. In the, he, he still doesn't even know all the rules, right? There's a bunch of stupid rules that these people follow in this bizarre state religion. Um, so it helps to have somebody that's been through the ringer on this. And, and so Mike Sylvia stepped up and took the lead on this. And you'll hear from him a little bit later on. But in 91, it was gone. The American religion is the U.S. dollar. Our biggest export, inflation. Few understand the privilege we have had to create money from nothing and export our inflation, living on the backs of the rest of the world. Mm. When the world stops subsidizing the dollar, the federal government loses its ability to dictate the state's behavior, unable to bribe them with worthless money, and quickly the union will fall apart. This national divorce is going to happen. It's inevitable, and we have an opportunity to get ahead of it. The historic motion, CR. But unfortunately, politicians aren't very good at getting ahead of anything. These are people who... They want safe bets on every single thing. They're cowards, and they want to feel popular, like you were talking about with uh, this other guy, Deshaies. Mm -hmm. They want to feel popular, and if they don't feel like this issue is popular, they're going to oppose it. Until the moment when they realize that there's actually support for this. And right now, many of these politicians are saying, well, no one contacted me. No one contacted me in favor of this thing. Well, of course, almost no one contacted you against it either. Right. But uh, they're playing it safe. Because most people don't even know this exists. Most people don't know this is an issue. It hasn't gotten any significant media attention. But as soon as these politicians find out there's a a large amount of people that want to see independence. Suddenly they're on board. All of a sudden they're going to say, you know, I always agreed with you guys. Yep. 
You guys are right. CACR 32 calls on for a vote by the New Hampshire citizens on the question of state independence. At the committee hearing, many objections were raised, all which were answered by the pro-independent citizens who testified, and some which I'll address again today. The biggest objection alleged is this whole effort is treasonous, that any moves towards independence for any state is illegal and unconstitutional. If it were unconstitutional for a state to secede, this prohibition would have been included in the original Constitution per the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. Since it's not specifically included there, there is no such restriction, and that power is left to the states. Additionally, everything states are not permitted to do are listed in Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution. It does not mention anything about separating from the Union, therefore it is not prohibited. Boom. And to those who say that per the Articles of Confederation, yourself, by the way, this Union is perpetual, and that this concept was adopted by the U.S. Constitution. If you don't believe him, check it for yourself. There's a whole list of things that states can't do. And leaving is not one of them. The other thing that people should check for themselves is Article 14, Section 3, because uh, Brody Deshays likes to use that to say, oh, if you guys vote for this, reps, you could be brought under charges for insurrection or something like that, when that's nothing remotely close to what that section says. (laughs) I just completely destroyed that in my article about him, but then today just came back up toting the same uh, line when it doesn't even, it, it, it absolutely has nothing to do with that at all. It says you can't become a rep if you've ever went to war against the United States in the past has nothing to do with right. you can't vote uh, um, about secession or you can't vote to let the people decide if they want to dis- uh, to secede. You, you can't vote to put a, a constitutional amendment on the ballot um, without being brought up on federal charges. He's just lying and threatening people. Yeah, he's trying to intimidate them. And look, let's see. Well, look, where are the charges? Uh, they're going to bring them, right? Because Any minute now. Yeah. I mean. If this comes around to they, they've introduced the bill a second time, which they're going to do, I'm sure at some point. I hope they will. Um, that you know, they put this thing through a second time. Are they still going to be able to claim? Oh, you guys could get charged. Well, why wouldn't they charge now? See, why wouldn't they charge when there's only 13 people who are in favor of this? Because if that's indeed what is going to happen, that'd be low hanging fruit for, right. for them. You go after them now when there's only 13 of them. You don't wait. The federal government, if they're going to charge somebody with treason isn't going to wait until there's 300. Right. Because then it's, like, too popular. Then then it's going to look really bad if they, they charge us. But if they go after these 13 stragglers, then surely they can bring them these up on these charges. crazy free staters and such. That's, they're not going to because they can't. Because this is just a discussion. That's on not to House. say they wouldn't love to. There's power junkie nutcases sure. all over Washington, D.C. would love to get a bite They're not going to, though. They're not going to. Uh, we're going to continue. Dirtbags. We ask, has there ever been in history a union that was undissolvable? The federal government often supports independence movements in other nations. Is the U.S. the only perpetual nation in the history of the world? Is there truly nothing the federal government could do that would allow a state to declare independence? Yeah, that is an important question as well. For all these state reps who are in favor of continuing with the union, but at the same time may be able to identify the federal government going too far on many different issues. Because you, you talk individually to the, a lot of these people. They know that the feds are bad news in a lot of ways. One, one lady, her husband went to prison for five years. Her name's Susan DeLemus. Her husband was Jerry DeLemus. He was one of the guys that went down to the... Uh, uh, what was Bundy it Ranch. Bundy Ranch. Thank you for that, yeah. He went to the Bundy Ranch, and he was one of the few that actually took a guilty plea. The rest of them went not guilty, and the jury's found him not guilty. But <laughs> he took a guilty plea, so he went to prison. And she was going to... She said... She she told Alu Axelman from the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence that she supports this bill. 
and that Good. she was going to vote for it to pass in the committee. And she didn't. And then she didn't. Then she said, oh, my bad. I was scared and I'm going to vote for it this time. And, and she once didn't. Once again, she didn't. Yeah. Some, some of these people are oh. just straight up liars. Yeah. Ridiculous. And I mean, her husband was in prison for five yeah, years. Yeah, no ever. backbone. So hmm. what are you going to do? Even if this move towards independence is illegal or treasonous, which I do not believe it to be, it would be no more so than the one in 1776, which is celebrated by everybody in this body. To quote from the Declaration of Independence, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed, that whatever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter and, or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to themselves seem the most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while suffer, evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. Words that are still true to this very day. Human nature's a thing. Yeah. The more things change, the more they remain the same. There's more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can share your thoughts as the NH exit amendment uh, has failed its first attempt at the State House of New Hampshire. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. The number for you to join us here, 603-283-6160. Ian, Matt, and Bonnie in the studio here tonight. Again, the number 603-283-6160. We've been focused pretty exclusively tonight, although the phones are open as always, on the New Hampshire exit bill, the constitutional amendment, the historic constitutional amendment that uh, had a first its first and only vote in the uh, the state house today the full house heard this bill they tried to avoid it they tried to table it right away and when somebody makes a motion to table a bill it cuts off any discussion and then they have to vote on whether or not to table the bill if they had voted to table the bill there would have been zero discussion on it it would have been quote unquote put on the table and they would have moved on and that's where it would have sat it probably would not have been removed from the table at any point during the rest of the session and it would have died on the table but it didn't die on the table it didn't get put on the table because they could not succeed at that particular motion although subsequently the motion was to kill the bill and that did pass 323 to 13 but those 13 brave men and women that uh, were willing to vote for this thing, kudos to them. There's a list over at the Liberty Block at libertyblock.com for those that want to see who it was. Uh, I think they deserve a, a round of applause, a thank you. I hope that a lot of the, the people that were the activists in this case will reach out directly to them and thank them uh, for doing this because it was a an act of political courage. Absolutely. S- something that very rarely happens with politicians. 
But we're going to continue here with just a little bit, and then we're going to just take a break because we could keep going with this this footage from today, and it would probably take the rest of the show. But I'm going to put some of it off probably till tomorrow night. But I do want to finish Matt Santanastaso's speech since we are kind of in the middle of it here. Uh, he's one of the sponsors of the bill, responding after a total arch statist. Democrat got up and pandered to all the nationalist things like the Pledge of Allegiance and the military and, and the Constitution and saying that we're going to destroy the Constitution and destroy the United States by peacefully saying goodbye, which is, of course, all ridiculous hyperbole. But uh, we go on here. This is what Matt had to say. He was just reading a section of the Declaration of Independence, and, of course, it all still applies to this day. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to, promote, and to provide new guards for their future security. To assert that those who wrote this document went on to create a government that contradicts the principles on which it was founded is ludicrous and absurd. Returning to the alleged violation of the Constitution, I'm surprised that some are troubled by violations of the U.S. Constitution. It is not even possible to list all the violations on the other part, on the other party of this document, making this contract void in the perspective of any contract law that has ever existed. There is no evidence that the federal government is bound by the Constitution. Does our Constitution allow an intelligence community, which to quote the current Senate Majority Leader, has six ways a Sunday of getting back at you if you cross them? that worked so hard to undermine the 45th president of this country and to assure the election of our current president? Those who oppose this idea because in so many words the Civil War settled that issue, we must assume that had the colonists lost the war in the 1700s that their words would not have been universally and everlasting true, that their veracity depended upon winning a war. Do we believe that other conquering nations have a right to forcefully rule over the conquered because might makes right for lack of power? No, it's really all about fear. That's what the point about the Civil War is. It's just about fear. It's about, oh my God, the federal government killed people over this before. They'll kill us again. Yep. They actually, somebody actually said that. Well, it was uh, Brody Deshays. Wasn't he one of the people that said uh, they'll, they'll, uh, that we'll never be able to withstand their military might or something like that? I'm in not the, sure. Last hearing? I wouldn't be surprised because he also says that uh, it was answered in the Civil War. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's just sort of a quick way of just blowing off the entire issue. Right people do we surrender the principle of self-determination for a state any more or less than the individual some oppose this because governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes we are at a point beyond this does anyone believe that the current powers of the federal government over every aspect of our lives from toilets to light bulbs from taxing taxation to ma- vaccine mandates from bankrupt social security to our 30 trillion dollar deficit the war on drugs, border patrols within 100 miles national borders, how children are taught in our schools, and arbitrary no-fly lists are just light and transient causes. <laughs> a federal government with approximately 400 agencies and more laws, federal crimes, and rules than anyone in the country is even aware of. A federal government that has sent our sons and daughters to foreign countries and involved them in countless foreign entanglements, often leading to their deaths. For those who label this effort un-American, referring back to the founding Declaration of Independence, but when a, train, a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invents a design to reduce them under absolute depthism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government. How could one possibly argue that the words of the Declaration of Independence were un-American? How much more despotic does it have to get for these people? 
many of whom on an individual basis, if you were to talk to them, would agree with you. The federal government is too big. They're out of control. But they just want to keep electing people to it. They just want to keep on playing their game. And this is the only sane way forward. This is the only sane way out of this insane relationship between the states and this federal gang. There's just no better way than this. And when these people will be able to see it, I don't know. Uh, I suggested on social media earlier tonight that these people, the so-called liberty reps who refused to vote for this bill and were too afraid to do so, I think they should be replaced. Hmm. Somebody else said, uh, Shellbanger on, on Twitter said, oh, no, well, we should just convince them. How, they, they already ought to know better than that. Yeah. How am I supposed to convince someone to have a spine? You can't do that. I just don't think I can. I just, it makes me kind of sick because what the lady I've been talking about today that told me she wasn't going to vote for it uh, because she does personally doesn't agree. So she doesn't think that the New Hampshire citizens get to have a say because she personally doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. It makes me really sick because I knocked on doors for her for oh. Young Americans for Liberty. And the whole time I was That's like, um, I just don't know enough about these people. Like, I feel like these people are just republicans and you know they just give you like they give you your literature they're like go knock on these doors and every day they're changing so i feel just like i i feel so ashamed almost to have even knocked on doors for her but not matt santanastasso and you did knock on doors for him yeah nice i I actually tried harder whenever i uh, was knocking (laughs) on doors for him good job for concerns such as what is the plan or how we will survive there are plenty of examples of smaller countries in the world that function independently and even thrive but also, it would be absurd to just tell a battered wife that she can't divorce until she has a plan. Hmm. This is not a fringe idea. Hashtag national divorce trends on the internet. There's a similar movement in California, which will flourish again when Republicans take, up, take the U.S. Congress later this year. There's independence movements in Texas and several movements to move borders to cities as in Atlanta or the states as in the greater Idaho movement. Hollywood star Ron Perlman recently stated... It's time that every state that would elect Republicans to represent them and all the rest of us separate. You don't want to live in my world, and I certainly don't want to live in yours. Sarah Silverman has endorsed national divorce. Ted Cruz and Congressman Massey and Green have spoken in support of national divorce. Media personalities, including Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Tim Pool, and others have spoken in support of splitting up the union before it's too late. This bill has no one in the chamber voting directly on secession. It asks them only to, to allow those we purport to represent to make their own decisions. If our state was currently independent, would we choose to join the union in the situation that it's in? That's a really great point, and it's, it's one that deserves more attention, and, and these state reps should be asked that question directly, is if New Hampshire were independent already and then somebody said hey how'd you guys like to join the united states come on in the water's fine right like you want to join this warmongering most of that water is pee yeah. I think, so no. <laughs> insane boiling water hot frog situation no no one would want no one sane would want to step into this organization the answer is obviously no so we should allow our citizens the opportunity to determine their own future uh thank you mr speaker that teacher is just so much better. World's better than the first guy who was just saying, emotion, 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 I'm going to cry emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to uh, relationships. I want to get into the story that you brought in, uh, Bonnie, to discuss. Because a lot of people have had relationships go south within the last 
few years, whether it be over... Yeah, we've had calls about it, actually, yeah, asking for advice. So w- whether it be article. over uh, Trump derangement syndrome or COVID, COVID derangement yeah. or whatever, uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Can those relationships be repaired? And more importantly, should they? Free Talk Live. Phones are open. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say thank you, by the way, to Nathan, who is a Free Talk Live uh, supporter of our AMPS Patreon. Nathan is silver level, which means that he is supporting us for as little as 5 bucks a month. And really appreciate the support. It helps us advertise, market, promote, and uh, support Free Talk Live, getting us on more great radio stations around the country, bringing new listeners on board and exposing them to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you, we're talking about independence a lot tonight uh, and a lot in oh, you know, over the years. We've been big fans of secession, peaceful secession, of course. And uh, so you can comment on anything you want. And again, thank you to Nathan for helping us out here. Go to amps.freetalklive.com to support the show and get some cool perks, get some benefits uh, over at amps.freetalklive.com. All right, Bonnie, we started just barely the story that you had to share with us last night about people's relationships. I think it was Foundation for Economic Education. Yes. Is that right? Uh, talking about people burning bridges over politics. Which, by the way, uh, the listener from Washington, they called in, should le- read the Foundation for Economic Education more often because he, even though I maybe like 22 or whatever he said, uh, he doesn't know anything about economics. Yeah, I don't remember what he said about economics, but, uh, oh, just the whole, what well, if the government took over trash kind yeah. of thing? Gotcha. So what uh, is this story about? Let's recap for our listeners just tuning in. The title is Relationship Counseling for Politics, How to Fix Relationships that Have Been Broken by Political Disagreement. And it says, if you want to rebuild a healthy and thriving relationship damaged by political discord, these tips can help get you there. I'm just going to say right now, I'm skeptical uh, that it is a healthy relationship to be in a relationship with someone who wants you dead. Hmm. Generally good advice right there, probably. Now, they're not going to say that. That that's not what they believe in their mind, but when you get into these issues and you narrow them down to the point where it comes down to the the non-aggression principle, as it always does with with libertarians, which is the idea that it's not okay to use aggressive force to achieve your political or your social goals. And when it comes down to it, the status of the world, the Republicans, the Democrats, most of them, they believe it is okay. To use force to achieve their vision for society. And if that means that the force has to be used on you, well, sorry, you're going to get run over by the tanks or whatever it is that is going to happen. They themselves will not point the gun at your head. They're your friend. But they're totally fine if the police do it to you because you're breaking the law. And if you're breaking the law, if you're not going along with their new program or whatever it is that they want to shove down your throat, then somebody's going to have to enforce it on you. And so when it, that's what I think that's what breaks up a lot of relationships as far as libertarians are concerned, because they come to the conclusion that the people that they loved or thought were their friends or their family members who cared about them actually put politics over their personal relationships and they really don't care about you because if you cared about somebody, you wouldn't want to see them hurt. Right. You wouldn't want to see them go to prison if they haven't harmed anybody else. But in these cases, these people absolutely do want to see you go to prison. Mm-hmm. 
because you don't agree with them. What you're talking about is just why actual principles are so important because people think that they um, support something that they're voting on because of their principle, but it really it's just people can sell all these different things you're voting on for you and really all it is is a bullet to your friend who disagrees with it and they're pointing bullets at you and if you just stood on your principles then you would be able to instead of listening to whatever the politician said you should vote vote for to make you a good person you would know what would make you a good person you know because you you would be voting via principle instead of the topic of the day well, and there just aren't enough people who have principles, number one, which is one of the reasons why principled, liberty-loving people are moving to New Hampshire, so we can actually have a community of people who respect each other and respect their their choices and their freedom to have whatever beliefs they want, so long as they don't uh, bring harm to, to other human beings. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to clarify, I'm not saying that you should be nasty to the status out there. I think we should be the it's good people. It's hard not to. I, I get that. I, and, I, and I know you had a tough time today, Bonnie, with this, this state oh, rep. Oh, but I was I was great for my anger issues. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to blow up on her. I was about like to, but I didn't. I <laughs> okay. ate my sandwich in three seconds and then I left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think you should be nasty to them. I think we should be the good, you know, we should be the good examples, right? And be friendly with them and and hope that we can persuade them to change their mind. So I'm not saying cut off communication, but I don't know if it's worth repairing relationships with toxic people. But let's go on. What what do they have to say? Tip number one is talk about values. Good relationships are built on a bedrock of commonalities. It's hard to have a relationship with someone with whom you don't have anything in common. When Mm. you're discussing politics, talking about shared values rather than a specific policy position can help bring these commonalities to the fore and reestablish a joint connection with each other. For instance, let's say that your wife is in favor of subsidies for solar and wind energy. You oppose this policy because you think it's unfair to entrepreneurs who work in other energy sources like nuclear that wouldn't get the similar subsidies. Rather than arguing over President Biden's latest green energy bill, it might be more useful to highlight how your opposition stems from the value of fairness. Wow, this is like basically exactly what I was saying. You know, instead of, you know, your wife in this position is probably just saying, oh, I like the idea of not ruining um, renewable resources. You know, she was just played by Joe Biden sure. in his and, and you know, you, you got to explain to her the principle of what's behind what she's voting for. Instead of if just, she cares. Yeah. <laughs> your wife may disagree with you on this particular issue, but many liberal positions wanting to raise taxes on the 1%, for instance, are often also rooted in a desire for fairness. To be fair, this won't work in every issue. In The Righteous Mind, social psychologist Jonathan Haidt identifies six core values or moral foundations that make up how people think about politics. These are care harm, fairness cheating, loyalty betrayal, authority subversion, sanctity and degradation and liberty oppression hate points out that these conservative politics or that conservative politics tend to tap into all six moral foundations liberal politics generally only tap into three the care harm fairness cheating and tyranny oppression many libertarians these are the justifications for government basically yeah it's just people's core values okay well, they think that politics are going to help these things, right? Oh, we can make things more fair. Oh, mm. we can make things whatever. 
Yeah, the, the, I think the point is that the the people on the left tend to only observe, or not, they don't observe, but they in, they naturally act on three of those criteria, whereas conservative people tend to act on all six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? It means that if your father is liberal and you are heavily patriotic, that may not be a value he's primed to understand or empathize with. But crucially, Haight points out that most of us do share some core values. Most of us care about fairness, whether it's lambasting the ill-gotten gains of the 1% liberals, uh, 1%, sorry, criticizing crony capitalists who get rich by seeking favors from Congress, or worrying about welfare queens who drive Cadillacs on the public dime. Most of us want to help the poor, and most of us are concerned about government overreach turning into t- tyranny, even if liberals and conservatives and libertarians tend to worry about that overreach in different areas. We'll continue here, the number is 603-283-6160. So, yeah, people have different values, and unfortunately, all of them seem to want to use the government gang to force their values on others, as though that's somehow a good thing. There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can join us here at 603-283-6160 and bring up whatever you want here in the studio tonight. It's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. You can also join us in real life at ForkFest 2022. It is the 6th annual ForkFest happening at Rogers Campground, June 27th through July 3rd. It happens in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Absolutely beautiful place to be. If you've never been to Rogers Campground, you're absolutely going to love it. It's just gorgeous there. Just going up by yourself would be a great time mm-hmm. uh, or with the family or, or loved ones. Uh, but going up with, I don't know, dozens, hundreds, we have no idea how many people will attend ForkFest on any given year. But going up with other people that love freedom is uh, makes it even better. And in fact, you get to celebrate Independence Day with us as they usually have a killer fireworks show at the campground on that weekend, sort of Independence Day weekend. Independence Day falls on a uh, Monday this particular year, so they usually have the fireworks on that Saturday night. So July 2nd, you can probably expect a really great fireworks show. If you're at the campground, you can go to ForkFest.Party to learn more about this unofficial, decentralized libertarian camping event. There's no tickets. All you need to do to attend is just reserve your either RV site, your campsite, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. You can get connected with other ForkFest attendees, past, present, and future, on the uh, Matrix and Telegram chat rooms. Those are linked over at ForkFest.party. So drop on in there to learn more about it. And don't forget the Porcupine Freedom Festival happens the week before. And that is, as of last weekend, it was 94% sold out. That's nuts! Yeah, so if you haven't yet gotten your ticket to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it's going to sell out. So you should probably do that sooner rather than later. Yeah, and camping space is also completely very, gone. Completely gone. It's gone. That doesn't mean you can't find a campsite with somebody who's already there. Like right. I, I've already got a guy who's uh, asked to stay on my campsite. We agreed to nice. let him come on and join us. Yeah, you can Ooh, do that. Yeah, you know, get the uh, pork fest ticket first, and then just kind of ask around and see what you can. Yeah, there's out. Uh, there's groups for that on Telegram and so forth. So uh, forkfest dot party and check out the Porcupine Freedom Festival as well at Porkfest. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Uh, we continue, Bonnie, with your story from the Foundation for Economic Education about repairing relationships with people that have been burned down over politics. Yep. We went over the first uh, tip, which was talk about the values or principles. And tip number two is find shared understanding. 
Good communication is built on understanding and empathizing with each other even when we disagree. Here's one powerful way to do that. When you're tempted to talk about why you favor or oppose a certain policy, go deeper and talk about why your position is so important to you. What in your life made you care about that position? Opening up about why you care about a certain policy can help your partner, friend, sibling, child, parent empathize with your beliefs even if they still disagree. Done reciprocally, this can build understanding and compassion instead of anger and contempt. This practice also requires humility because you have to own the fact that you didn't come to all of your ideas via pure, perfect reason. Humility is a powerful antidote to acrimony. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm skeptical about a lot of this uh, this advice here because I can empathize with the reason why a Democrat wants welfare programs. Right? They want to help people. I get that. They're talking in there about the caring aspect of why they're motivated to look to government for these things. They believe that government helps. They believe that they can help the sick, that they can help the poor, that they can help the, the hungry uh, through government programs. So I can empathize with their reasons because I give money to the local homeless shelter here in town. There's a privately run homeless shelter, for instance. I've donated to the food kitchen here as, as well, right? So like, I'm willing to contribute to positive community-based efforts to help people. So I understand. And and I can put myself in the shoes of somebody who who is having a difficult time in life. And I can say, I wouldn't want that to be me. And so, you know, because we can empathize with somebody else in a bad situation is usually why we give things like charity, right? Like we can realize, oh my God, that would be horrible to experience. Here, let me try to help ease that person's difficulty. But the difference between me and that Democrat is I'm only willing to help on a voluntary basis. I'm only willing to ask people for help, to persuade them to assist. But the Democrat isn't. The Democrat, and I'm sure plenty of Republicans, they want to use violence. They think that their goals are so important that people should be threatened with violence in order to support them. So I just don't know if explaining to them, uh, you know empathy is going to really work they because they have no empathy for the victims of the tax man yeah not everybody realizes that every law is a gun no they don't they don't want to see it they you can show they it don't want to see it right which I, makes them bad people which makes them not, not makes me not want to patch things up with them i don't know if they're bad people or just just totally ignorant and tragically just, stupid is also the same thing as bad people in my book and i don't want to deal with them well a lot of the times i think that they are only getting their information on why they should or shouldn't pass a bill via mind control programs like the news and school mm-hmm. and you know sure. all these things they're just parroting so things i think what this one is saying find shared understanding is tell people the actual reason you oppose or you oppose or or for some position instead of the reason that they're just told that you, you because you may come uh, argue with somebody like when when we talked to Sarah about communism, mm-hmm. communism is bad, Sarah, because and then you're giving all these logical reasons because we're we're pretty logical here on Free Talk Live. And I think that we like things that can are solid facts and things like that. But maybe someone I mean, I don't know about Sarah, if she'll ever change her mind. She's so far gone, but she doesn't even listen. Well, I'm just saying, uh, maybe some people can actually be changed if you explain to them, no, it's, I actually don't oppose welfare programs because uh, I don't want to help people. Maybe they really think that it's, uh, that all Republicans don't want to help people. They're just selfish. Maybe that's what they think. And they just need to be explained. It's, listen, I'm your friend. 
Do you think I'm selfish? I, you know, we're, we've been friends for the, this long, and this is why I personally oppose this. It's because I think that it can be done better. Or, you know, mm-hmm. just give them your, your true opinions instead of just saying, no, I, I'm not voting for that crap. <laughs> FJB. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like a lot of times mm-hmm. it's just political political discourse nowadays is just the standard pa- prepackaged argument you're allowed to give via the mainstream media. Yeah, yeah mindless I guess, stone throwing, basically. I mm-hmm. guess this advice isn't bad for people who've never tried these things before. But if you've done these things, if you've explained why it is that you have empathy and that you understand that the state does not have empathy, the state is this cold, uh, heartless organization that just kills innocent people and you don't want to support it. If you've gone through those explanations and these people still don't understand or don't change their minds over over some amount of time, then I'm with I'm with Matt on this. Walk away yep. and stop trying to persuade these people. Stranger not, danger. They are not the people you thought they were. Yeah. They are total strangers. Walk away from them. Just because you were raised by these people, if they're your family members, just because you happen to go to the same school or the same church or whatever, however they became your friend doesn't mean that they appreciate who you really are and if you if they cannot possibly come to that appreciation and agree to not want to kill you which is ultimately what the state is then there are other people in the world who will be your friend there are other people in the world who do not want to see you punished for disagreeing with them and you should spend your time with those people instead because your time's limited in new hampshire (laughs) i think a lot of the time people don't have conversations that um deeply about these issues like on a core value level because they're just afraid that the other person is already on that team you know mm-hmm. and you're on that team so you just can't have this conversation but like i used to fear that about my friends in san antonio and then when i just like uh became open mm-hmm. about being a libertarian and then our house got raided i was honestly so shocked by some of them how open they were to understanding mm-hmm. me i mean not all of them but it kind of made me even more friends with some of them that I really thought I would never have a conversation about politics. Yeah, with. I have I have all new friends now in people that I've always been friends with, but I didn't know that they agreed with me this hard mm. about something. Like I was like, oh man, I would have hung out with you in high school if I know that's the way you felt mm. back then. You know? Are there more points that you want to share from this story? Yeah, one more. All right, another uh, tip here from the Foundation for Economic Education on repairing relationships with people that you care about. The number here is 603-283-6160. You know, give it a shot. See how it goes, but don't spend your life trying to keep saving somebody. Waste the time. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. In the remaining moments, enough time for you if you dial in now. Here tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. We're talking about possibly building relationships or rebuilding uh, ruined relationships that people have burned bridges on regarding their political viewpoints. And I guess in normal world where you don't actually have any other libertarians around to talk to. This is probably something people find to be, you know, 
uh, worth doing because they have no chance of having enough libertarians in their area that they can actually be friends with. We have a completely different uh, community here in New Hampshire where if you wanted to, you could just be friends with all libertarians, voluntarists, and liberty-loving anarchists and spend your time just on those people and forget about uh, the rest of, of society. There's enough people here. There are thousands of people have moved here to where that can be you if you want to. Now, of course, it's a lot of people recommend you should still get involved in the, the community and, and meet other people and maybe you know help them understand the ideas of liberty, too. Or but, you can stay wherever you are and suck wind and hate life and yeah, not have any friends what, that understand you. And, right. I mean, that's got to be a frustrating thing. I remember uh, Jeremy Kaufman gave a good example of one of the ways that his life changed. Jeremy Kaufman is the—I uh, didn't know this until this week, this last weekend, but he's now the— uh, I guess, acting executive director or interim executive director of the Free State Project, so kudos to him. But uh, he moved here from Philadelphia, and it was several years ago, so like you know, 2017 or something like that, 2015. And he said there was a, a major change that happened that he didn't even expect, didn't realize was was going to happen to him, and that is that he didn't have to moderate himself anymore. And he found himself just realizing this at some point, was that, when he lived in Philly, when he was around his friends, he could never really be who he truly was. He could never truly come right out, or at least this is how he felt, right? This is the way he lived. But he it, didn't even, it wasn't even the forefront of his brain. He yeah. just was automatically doing it. And I totally get that. Yeah. He was, he was automatically filtered, filtering himself to keep his friendships because he believed at some level that if he was true, truly saying the things that he believed, that he would ostracize every, you know, everyone would ostracize him and he would have no friends left. And, and then when he moved here, he realized he could be as radical as he wanted to be, as honest about his viewpoints as he wanted to be. And he's around people that understand. And that's what's great about the idea of secession and uh, splitting up the union instead of living under one sheet is that people can be more authentic to themselves if they get to move wherever they know where people are that share right. the values that they Free do. Free people are better people. And it's create- like a Mormon living in the middle of Florida with no Mormon friends. I don't know if there's not that many Mormons there. Might just feel so much better when they get to Utah and almost everybody in their community is Mormon. Right. So there was one more point I think you wanted to share, Bonnie, from your story from the Foundation for Economic Education. For those that need help trying to repair relationships, they're giving some advice. Tip number three is see your shared humanity. Like we said, good relationships are built on a bedrock of commonalities. Ideally, some of those commonalities will come from shared political values and experiences. But if there aren't any, you can find another kind of commonality in experiences outside of politics. Commonalities between you and your estranged friend or sibling, spouse, child, parent can form two-by-fours that rebuild the relationship between the two of you on a stronger foundation this can heal the relationship at its core rather than just fixing the political symptoms are they just saying talk about other things talk about sports talk about pop culture talk yep. about the talk things. about things outside of politics yeah it's a little, that's a little strange tip well it well, ends that's... with a caveat i think you guys will agree with mm-hmm. one rule in relationship coaching is that both parties have to want to change That is, the perceived pain of changing has to be outweighed by the pain of the status quo. If the other person doesn't want to mend bridges, there is unfortunately very little that you can do. However, if you both want to rebuild a healthy and thriving thriving relationship, these tips can help you get there. Yeah, I I mean, uh, what they're saying there in that last tip is to just go back to your 
relationship where you hide your beliefs, right? Oh, yeah. you you guys became friends because you were at work together and you you know had that in common and it turns out you liked watching Superman, right? Like so you had some sort of pop culture thing that you could talk about or you both liked the the Red Sox or the Yankees or whatever and so you went to a few games together and eventually at some point you got on the subject of politics and realized you have some fundamental disagreements mm-hmm. and that things when you start digging a little deeper into this person you don't have the same you know you're not as uh you're not getting along in the same way that you thought that you were so it's saying if you want to repair the relationship just go back to the way it was i think uh, that's really weak too i mean my that's because these relationships are weak that yeah. they're right. talking about at my, the outset my political opinions have to do way more with my core values of as a human being right and so they i don't just don't think that. i could they don't they don't respect that and i understand that this this could sound culty right like to somebody oh you're trying to tell people to you know get away from their families no that's not what i'm saying bonnie's suggestions are fine here if you're wanting to repair a relationship to where you can still talk to a person then just just agree to say hey look we're not going to talk about politics anymore and if that's if that's something you can accept if that's something that even though like to me for instance like doing activism is part and parcel of what i do if you talk to me for long enough and this is something that's happened with my mother and 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 i uh i understand she doesn't want to talk about these things i understand she feels like she gets cornered every time that we have one of these conversations that's because she's she's losing them right like she she has nothing to say that can possibly uh you know win in against the ideas of liberty so she feels cornered she feels trapped, and that's an uncomfortable feeling for her. So I make a point of not going to those places with her. We talk about her her job. We talk about you know the things that she's interested in, her church or whatever, and and then I get off the line because if I'm on long enough, she might ask me a question about my life, and then I have to tell her what I do and the things that I've been involved in, and she doesn't want to hear it. So in order to keep that relationship okay. We just don't breach, uh, broach those subjects. So it's a superficial relationship at best. I love her. She's my mom, but she's not like my best friend and she never will be. So anyway, I think those are, they're okay advice for people that are okay with, with having half-assed friends and, Mm. and keeping them in, in their lives because they have nothing better. And that's sad. I recommend just offloading those people. I agree. I agree. But you've got to move to a place like New Hampshire if you you want to have a good pool from which to choose. You You can't just show up at the local libertarian meeting and develop good relationships with most of them because they're so weird. But it's nothing like having real people in real life, a good community that you know. I think starting off, you have to become truly authentic to yourself. You have to go into yourself, find mm-hmm. out who you are, and that that will lead you to your people. Yes, you have I to be true. I think that's better yeah. advice. That's what anyone. Harry Brown said, uh, the presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. He did some great uh, non-Libertarian work, just kind of helping people uh, just be better people. And he said, look, if you are true to yourself, it's Harry Brown's silver rule, not the golden rule, but the silver rule. True to yourself, you're going to attract the people nice. that are like you. Mm-hmm. And there's that's just so true. But it's even more true here in New Hampshire where you can have the libertarian community of the people that are like you. Maybe you're not into politics. Well, there's the outside of the system people. Maybe you're into the families uh, instead of, you know, you're not in the single scene or whatever anymore. There's a bunch of families doing family things. There's community here where you can pick and choose. You don't have to hang around with the weird, awkward, uh, socially, you know. Yeah, and you got all kinds, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's all kinds of people that have moved for the freedom migration in New Hampshire, for sure. 
Matt, I know you wanted to talk about the ATF tonight. They're up to some more crazy shenanigans. Yeah, Can we don't you have much time summary? left, but this is an important story, and I want to get it out there. Uh, so I want to explain real quick. Uh, this is about silencers. The ATF has issued an edict. Uh, sorry, I, what I should say is they changed their mind about a definition this week, which puts a lot of people in jeopardy. So when you buy a silencer, you file a Form 4 with the ATF, you pay a tax, you wait around for like nine months or a year, and they'll finally get back to you and tell you, yes, you're not a psychopath. You can have a silencer. Uh, and then you can go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another way to do it, which takes way less time. It's to make your own. And you do that on a Form 1. You can make your own silencer. So there are these uh, basically very close to finish silencer items, which they call solvent traps. They're pretty cheap. You can buy them on the Internet. You can get them through Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of good ones. There's a number of bad ones. And people do buy these things, and they file their Form 1 with the ATF. They wait till the paperwork comes back, and then they complete the build of the silencer, and they have a silencer. Uh, so the ATF has just mass denied 850 Form 1s. Oh the first time they've ever done a mass denial mm. of, of of Class 3 forms. And they denied uh, 850 cl- uh, Form 1s that are all for making your own silencer. And they have not only denied them, they have alerted the local field agents to the people who filed those Form 1s to alert them that they suspect those people are in possession of an illegal silencer. Wow. So these are all people who are trying to do the right thing by the government and ask for the permission to build their silencer. And now that they've got the parts ready to go to start the build, they're waiting on the approval. They're actually going to get attacked by ATF agents. 850 people. I don't know if that gives them a class action lawsuit to try to fight this thing, uh, this new determination. But it's another commercial terrifying. for cryptocurrency, too. Like the government shouldn't be able to just pull up information on what you spent money on and go after you. Uh, well, they filled out a form, so that's what got they them. Asked for oh. it. See you tomorrow. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge coming to you here for Free Talk Live. Today I am doing an interview with a man named Mark Bauerlein. I am here. I'm glad to join you. You've got a book that has the not-so-subtle title of The Dumbest Generation Grows Up From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adult. I'm of two minds on this topic. One, I kind of think that people are people. The things that separate us aren't a good thing. But on the other side, I know that hard times make for strong men, strong men make for good times, good times make for weak men, and then the cycle repeats. (laughs) Right? I, I, I like that formulation. I have never heard it put so concisely, but I think that 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 gets to a lot of the issues that we have today. This book is actually a follow-up to a 2008 book called The Dumbest Generation, How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30. This was that original title. The book did pretty well because in that first millennium, Mark, you remember, Web 2.0 was taking off. We had all these new tools coming out where people could be more interactive, more participatory in the things that they were consuming online. They could write product reviews. They could film themselves. They could start texting. Uh, They could do product reviews on these new websites. And of course, the social media were exploding. MySpace uh, came along, Facebook a few years after, Twitter a few years after that, and Instagram and all the other things will follow the new iPhones. Millennials were said to lead the way. These 15-year-olds were so adept and adroit and improvisatory with these tools that they were running circles around boomers like me who didn't grow up with them. They were the digital natives. They were ambitious. They were smart. 
They were innovative. They were going to college in record numbers. They had great social attitudes, it was said. They had elected our first African-American president. And the talk was they're going to lead America into the 21st century, and we need to catch up, uh, us old folks. And my response was, no, 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 this is very bad. It's not good for a 15-year-old to go into his bedroom, shut the door, and open up to this youth world, this permanent bubble that they could be in, again, 24-7, where it's all just one another, back and forth. And you, you say people are people. I wasn't better than they were when I was 15. I couldn't check out in the way they could. I had to sit there and listen to my parents listening to Walter Cronkite. There was only one screen in the whole house. I didn't have my own phone. There was there was this phone on the wall. You had to turn this dial seven times. It wasn't my phone. It wasn't private. If I wanted to stumble through asking the girl for a date, it was embarrassing. My sister is there, my parents, ugh. So I, I couldn't surround myself with this world of screens, gossip, pictures, uh, uh, chatting, gaming, back and forth all the time. And that was a good thing. It helps you grow up. They didn't have to. They could live in this permanent adolescence And so in 2008, I said, this is going to be very bad for them when they do grow up and face adult realities, the inevitable disappointments, they won't have the equipment to handle it because they didn't get their politics, their history, good literature, good, you know, better music and and art and and historic sites, all all those activities that help you when when you're adults. And here they are, we're 15 years later, the millennials... Are not doing so well. Rates of depression, anxiety, are up. narcissism is up. Right. Who would have thought, Mark, that when we gave them a tool where they could take a picture of the food they're going to ingest 10 seconds later, that they would become narcissistic? Golly. Right. This is an interesting point to be made, right? Like, so currently, an American millennial who grew up in middle class is near the pinnacle of human existence as far as comfort and luxury. And it's been said many times that, you know, it's it better to be a middle-class person in America today than a king 150 years ago. And maybe that's 100 years ago. Maybe it's 80 years ago. I have no idea how what uh, the Carnegies and the Mellons and the Vanderbilts lived like. I mean, there's a pretty good argument that things are really good today. And the people that have no concept of what it might be like to poop in a hole or to play outside and get bit by bugs and physically abused by their peers or whatever the situation is that um, one might claim made us whatever we are versus whatever they are. They are experiencing the world and it is traumatic for them. That's a fascinating thing. I'm like, like, the world isn't traumatic today. There's far less trauma in my life than there was you know, decades um, past. But somehow their experience, many of them, I don't know, I'm not saying all of them, but many of them are having an experience that is worth killing themselves over. But quite literally, suicides are higher in this group than others. Um, That's right. You know, That's and right. I, but I do know this. I know that the Mongols used to, you know, found that uh, that their leader, that their uh, rulers would only last a few generations over the Chinese empires that they would conquer and things like that. And I probably should use the term Saracen horse riders rather than Mongols specifically because that means <laughs> a, a particular group. Anyway, um, so these uh, horse riders decide, hey, the best thing to do is to take our young people, our children, and send them back out to the steppe to get drunk on fermented mare's milk and uh, fight it out and learn how to use a bow and arrow and and grow up the way we grew up because that 
taught us what to do. And, and that system actually worked and allowed them to continue to go on. And I think it's uh, I think it, there's something to be said for, you know, your kids not having quite as much screen time and, and these kind of things. Well, what you're talking about requires, if not the actual activity of going out and facing very tough realities, at least learn about them. You know, read some history about what medical care was like before anesthesia. Uh, Go take a look at what, uh, uh, what unemployment was during the Depression. These would give perspective. I mean, if you want to discuss the Ukrainian situation in an intelligent way, at least learn where Ukraine is on a map. That's a place to start. You know? the, the, the geography knowledge of young people is terrible because they can always just call it up on the phone. I mean, there were people, Mark, who said in 2010, all these cheerleaders for the millennials said, you know, they don't really need to learn all these historical facts. They can always look it up. They don't need to memorize the Gettysburg Address like they used to because they can always just call it up when they need it. And that left them with the idea that only the present really matters. Only what's going on immediately in my world is what's really meaningful and important. And the problem is that works when you're 17. It doesn't work when you're 33. And that's why we see so many millennials now in a sour mood. They are mistrustful of their fellow citizens. They have a vindictive sense of human relationships so that, and this is self-reported, if they see some injustice taking place, even if it's a microaggression, they want to see punishment happen. And this is why they lead the way on cancel culture. Cancel culture. If you are, if you you did some dumb sexist joke on, on Twitter, well, 15 years ago, yeah, exactly. Then we're going to get a petition with 2,000 people. And the millennials will sign it, even if you're a stranger. They will sign it to get that person fired from a job. Why? Why are you so angry? Well, because what other purpose and meaning did we give them when they were young? We didn't give them a country that would invoke patriotism. We gave them a country filled with shame systemic racism and all the rest. We didn't, we didn't, they didn't get much religion from uh, whatever the religion happens to be, you know, wh- wherever. There's less religion in this uh, millennial generation, that's for sure. And we didn't give them strong family lineages, all the broken families, all the single parentage, and all just the mobility, people moving around so much. Uh, we gave them these tools. It broke up the family dinner. And so what have they got now? They, they're, they're, not, they're not having kids on their own. They're not marrying nearly the rate boomers did because kids can give you meaning, right? It gives you purpose. You do some self-sacrifice. They don't do that. They're, many of them are still living with three buddies in a house uh, as, as, if, as if it's still college, and they want it that way. They don't want to grow up because, face it, growing up isn't – growing up's hard. Growing up means, you know, accepting some disappointments. The world is not, your life is not the magical thing that Facebook promised uh, back in 2008. If you make some wonderful, some wonderful page and you can get a network of 300 friends, 
uh, all the time. It's just not working for them, and this is leading them into false gods like social justice. I'm going to go out on the street and march, and maybe I'll break a few windows uh, as well. Uh, marching for forms of equity and, and so on. These are Black Lives Matter. These, these are younger people searching for something that will give foundation, moral basis for their own existence. And because they didn't get it in the right way during those formative years, the teenage years. Mark Bauerlein, the book is The Dumbest Generation Grows Up From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults.